What are cryptocurrencies? Hey, hey, hey. What are NFTs? A non-fungible token. Time to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin just seems like a scam. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, Bitcoin? Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to On The Ledger. This is your host, Moel Sayed, and I'm back once again on your weekly rendezvous from Paris. This time, I'm live from Ledger Open. So excuse any background noise. And if you're wondering what Ledger Open is, well, Ledger Open is a Web3 event happening at La Gaite Lyrique, right at the heart of Paris, with hundreds of speakers and attendees coming from all over the globe. And the good news is that we'll be taking you with us on this journey to meet some of the most inspiring guests and discuss the future of user experience in the world of crypto, DeFi, and NFTs. So fasten your seatbelts, because this is about to get interesting. For this edition of On The Ledger from Ledger Open, I'm thrilled to be welcoming Julien Boutlou. Julien is a serial entrepreneur and describes himself as an addict of crazy innovative ideas. He started his career building websites and selling hardware technologies as age 14, If you don't know Julien, you probably know his projects, and trust me, there are many. Curve, Stake Capital, Stake DAO, Rekt, and that's without even mentioning the startups he helped build. And today at Ledger Open, he just gave a fascinating presentation about finance gamification, which we'll dive into in a minute. Julien, welcome to On The Ledger. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. How's your Ledger Open going? Pretty good. Actually, very, very, very good. Uh, the, the, the speakers, uh, quality and... And the fact that uh, Ledger announced uh, a few uh, pretty interesting uh, uh, features, uh, such as the uh, Visa Visa card, I think this is just transforming this entire event into something like pretty uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to jam with you. There's a lot to cover, so uh, let's get going. This is on the Ledger season two, episode 10, live from Ledger Open with Julien Boutlou. Here we go. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, you went to the States in 2010, discovered Bitcoin, and became fascinated with the technology. How did that shape the rest of your life? Um, yeah, I think like at the beginning, um, my involvement in the in blockchain space of the Bitcoin industry um, didn't really came from the fact that I knew what I was uh, getting in, into. It was probably like more, it was actually more like people a friend of mine like talking about uh, running some um, algorithm and I was doing the same with um, you know you could run this um, algorithm from space like um, discovery of stars and you could run it on your laptop for free there was no concept of making money and that was at the same time and then I think it's more like when um, I end up um, because I opened I was on the first um, not sure, like in, in the first phase of clients in MT Gox, that was the bank that got hacked in Japan. And um, um, and the French guy was the CEO, like Carl, uh, Mark uh, Carpless. I think this is like at this moment when I realized there was uh, something going on in the, in this kind of new revolution. But before that, I was not really uh, aware. It's funny that your light bulb moment was a hack. Most people's light bulb moments is that when they discover like the technology in a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I. Um, I remember that my dad was, uh, back then I had like uh, a few computers and he was really like asking questions about those laptops, uh, I mean those uh, desktop, it was like Celeron, uh, Intel Pentium, like, like those really uh, uh, sh- uh, shitty uh, desktop, but back then it was pretty good, I, was, I had two of them and they were running all night and uh, consuming the electricity and my dad was like, what, what the heck is that, you know, and uh, yeah, I did that for 
a bit of time, and then when I moved, I I, I grew up the uh, this uh, number of of, la of of computers until like 48 or something. Okay. Then happened the switch to Ethereum, and of course DeFi. How did that go? Yeah. So I was like working in um, in um, in London, and I had like a pretty good uh, consulting company in uh, in computer science, like uh, software. Uh, software uh, engineering. I was doing like a machine learning and also consulting for for other groups. And uh, I discovered uh, Ethereum back then because there was like a pretty. I think there was like the beginning of, of of Ethereum after like the first conference, and I discovered it and then got into it. And I participated to a hackathon. Uh, um, and uh, for example, I did like TechCrunch. I won it. And then I did another one from blockchain. I was I think that was called like blockchain something. And I won it called ID Box. And I think that was the first application, physical application on the Ethereum network. And I also used and walk, uh, used the card from Nick Johnson, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the physical card that you can uh, scrap and then get your ETH. And, and then he basically got my involvement in the Ethereum way bigger because then I flew to Papua New Guinea uh, and walked there to deploy the ID box. That was an identification mechanism, identification system. And that's how... Right after that, I quit my job. I mean, as a consultant, running my company, I got into full time into uh, into blockchain. And speaking of your job and your jobs, because it wasn't if it wasn't already clear, you're actually a very busy man. How do you divide your time between all of these different projects? So you've got, you know, basically you're a member of the core team of Curve, Stake DAO, Stake Capital, Rect. What, how, what's your entrepreneurial vision like, and how do you divide your time in between all of this? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Like, um, so back then I was working on my own products like ID Box, uh, Flying Carpet, and also like getting really, really big into uh, staking as a service because uh, I had investment early stage into Tezos, Cosmos. And for people now, like uh, running those nodes, it's pretty much like they understand the concept. But back then there was no such things uh, as... Um, running networks for validations, like like real tokens. We I had to do it um, on AWS or whatever, like um, a BSO, Equinix, like bare metal servers, but without earning anything. So spending between five and 10 or 15,000 US dollars per month for over like two years, just to validate on the test net. Like for example, Cosmos, Game of Stakes, all the different things. So this was really my involvement, like I had to go into it and then after getting into that, like as a stake capital, running staking as a service, getting into DeFi, providing liquidity to some uh, places, then I was uh, trying to work on my, um, I was building my own, like kind of like looking into like auto market maker and all that stuff. And this is how I, um, I met um, Michael that was working on StableSwap and, and the genius behind a curve. And that's how like I became an invest, investor and advisor and then start working uh, with him at the early stage of the uh, of the of the company, and now it's like probably uh, the biggest uh, DeFi uh, project of the ecosystem. And I'd like to dive a little bit more into Stake Capital and Stake DAO. How, how would you explain Stake DAO to those uninitiated? Maybe taking into consideration that they might have a broad broad knowledge of DeFi, but not a very specific knowledge of DeFi. Yeah. Um, so. When I was doing like stake capital and talking to friends and all that stuff, staking as a service and getting into my own asset and then institutional asset to validate, to stake across different protocols as investments or also like passive rewards, 
people were asking, but how can I get into DeFi? We we tend to forget that back then there was no like kind of like Uniswap or Curve or, or Paraswap. Those things are pretty new. So I was like thinking, okay, we need somewhere. Either they go centralized exchanges and then they have this concept of n- not your keys, not your money. And also like those kind of like KYC, ML and all different things. So the idea was really to provide a, 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 a place for people to easily get into DeFi without the need of without the, the need of understanding of what's going on behind the scenes. So what we try to do is you don't need a MetaMask, you don't need like a ledger, you don't need like anything. You can still come to the place, logged in, and then start buying assets, selling assets, invest in different strategies, and then also into uh, a layer of gamification such as NFTs and referrals. But the strategies that we're providing, it's not like other uh, platform like Zerion or Zapper and everything. We're very far away from those guys, but we work together. For example, with Zerion, we really like each other. But the StakeDAO is completely different. StakeDAO is a place where we'll try to filter the entire DeFi because DeFi moves at speed of light. So you need to basically filter and sort out the best products and build on top of it. So we build. We provide the best APY across Euro, East, BTC, and um, and US dollars. And we try to always be the best. And then we provide options and we want to be the best. So all the products that we provide, we want to be the best. That's fascinating. And you've partly touched on gamified finance, which was part of your talk today. Uh, could you maybe speak more to that and why uh, the reason behind that? Like, why do you think finance needs to be gamified? Yeah, I mean, the, um, I think the unfortunately um, the vision of of, the, of of blockchain was to. I remember back then in 2016, 2017, people were like, we're all like trying to make um, non-profit projects, trying to change the world, um, how we can build um, identity, how we can build um, different products that brings real value to users. But the the, the problem is. Uh, if you want to onboard the next billion uh, users into this space and really transform and and disrupt the entire traditional finance by this new paradigm, by this new revolution, money is the thing that talks uh, to people. Like um, uh, people are crazy with yield, crazy with money, and that's the reason why with DeFi now think about it. Like DeFi is actually bigger than blockchain. We talk about DeFi and we forget about blockchain. So the concept is actually happening. It's like now um, in nowadays people use internet, but they don't know it's like a protocol, HTTPS or HTTP or DNS or email, e- like uh, maps and all those different things. And this is exactly what's happening to blockchain. Now we're talking about crypto or DeFi, but go to the, the street and ask a question. What's the difference between DeFi and blockchain? Most people will be like, I know DeFi, I use it. What is blockchain? I mean, this is kind of happening now. And this is like gamified finance is the way for people to get in, engaged and they can work 24 hours a day and seven days a week and get involved in this because they have a passion of like the money side. And this actually transitions perfectly into play to earn. It's been an incredible year for play to earn. Uh, and we've seen, you know, impressive adoption across the board, you know, with Axie, Luvia and big projects. Um, especially in developing nations. Uh, and I think that, you know, once you, once you see the unramping that's happening in these developing nations, uh, 
you start realizing what you're actually saying about DeFi being actually bigger than the, the underlying technology because it, 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 the user benefit is there and it's clear. How do you see that evolving in the, in the next coming years uh, in terms of adoption and projects that are actually um, you know, springing up? Yeah, like um, a year ago, um, a little bit more than a year ago, I, I, I built Blackpool. Um, Blackpool um, was um, because I, I invested in Sorar, like early stage, and then I end up with those, um, I mean, these kind of like incentives to build on top of it. And then I quickly realized that making it in the game or play to earn industry is time consuming. So it's not only time consuming, it's actually a real job. It's like being a pro gamer or being a pro play to earn uh, uh, and all different things. So what I created is like kind of like um, founded this Blackpool system where you can invest in different verticals, gaming, arts, real estate, like this uh, crypto voxel or a sandbox and, and, and all the different verticals. And now we became the leader in Sorare, the bigger uh, top five in Axie Infinity. And the point is what we have in those different verticals, we have people uh, all across the world, like a thousand people that are working for Blackpool. And those guys, at the end of the day, when they are managing a portfolio, because they don't have the capital to invest in those different verticals, they don't have the capital to buy an Axie uh, to get involved in Axie, like it, it costs like 2,000 US dollars. They don't have the capital. So what we do, we provide the capital. But then when they play to the game, they can play just a couple of hours a day and they make more money in one day than they will make in a couple of weeks. So that's actually the reality of the space. It's decentralized finance. It's actually talking to um, markets that were not having those kind of opportunity before opportunities. And, and it's also transforming um, it's like a new paradigm. For example, if you go to the Philippines right now, um, Axie is actually Huge. more valuable than US dollars, than the, 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 net, the native currency. Yep. And it's like transforming the entire concept of the country, the, the, the centralized authority will print, mint, and give money to people, but they cannot compete. They cannot like stop the inflation. Well, now they have a new... Those people have a new vertical, a new way of first making value. money, create value, and using it. So it's time to move on to our last segment of the show. This is past, present, and future. Uh, so Julien, when you look back uh, at all of the projects that you worked on in the past, what's the project that you're most proud of and why? Um, I mean, actually, the... The, the thing that I'm most proud of is I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> because DeFi in many, many different aspects can be really... Um, um, exhausting. Exhausting and, uh, and damaging because like all the 4D chess that is happening on Twitter, off Twitter, Telegram, Discord, all the toxic industry, we said that blockchain will transform the world, make a better place. But at the end of the day, it's just like people, ego, 4D chasing, greedy stuff that are happening. I, I really want to dive into that because, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of Yearn. And, you know, when Andre, you know, just basically created Yearn and then stepped back and said that DeFi sucked because building in DeFi, DeFi sucks. Do you think that building in DeFi sucks? I mean, it's like, it depends. You get a lot of value of building in DeFi. It goes super fast. You can build whatever you want. And then you get immediate attention 
and rewards from the things that you are building. Those things were never possible uh, uh, in traditional finance. You always work for someone, and the thing that you will be working, you will never see the the real application because you usually work behind the scene and the, 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 the people responsible for the company, they, 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 they take the, 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 the things um, out of your work. And, and I think that people actually, when the project is actually basically decentralized, people still expect one person to pump their bags and you get some sort of... Yeah, that's of, funny. You get some sort of, you know, this is supposed to be a decentralized technology where everyone can be creating value independently and then up to a certain extent where if you're not doing enough, a lot of the creators I speak to, they tell me, okay, I'm, we're getting so much pressure because people just want us to be pumping their bags, but we're yeah, building for the long matter. term. It doesn't matter if you build good technology, like it happened in, in, in Blackpool, it happened in StackDAO, it happened in Yearn, it happened in all the projects in the industry. At the end, it doesn't matter if the product that you built is the best product out there, as long as the token is not going up. If you build something that would change people's life, I mean, like normally the technology is so good, but at the end it doesn't change people's life or it doesn't make them rich, they will just like fight you and they will just go like nuts. They will like, yeah, uh, why are you going against us? I mean, why are the token not going up? And this, this is the thing. Like, uh, but then at the same time, it's kind of funny because it goes both ways. People building, they usually get attacked by the people that are using the product and the token not going up. But also the builders, if they get hacked, then they immediately go to centralized authority and they ask for police investigations, legal authority to track the person that hacked their project. Well, at the beginning, it was actually intended to be used by anyone and built by anyone. So it's kind of like... It, 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 Conundrum. It, it's yeah. like it's, um, it's both ways. Like people are complaining about the token not going up and uh, if they get hacked, they will ask centralized authority for finding the founder taking care of this, but also on the other side. So it's, uh, it's working on that. Yeah. <laughs> we've still got some work to be done. I'd like to move on to the present. So, you know, you've been through a few cycles now. Uh, and this one feels as though it is taking us right at the gates of mass adoption to a certain extent. Uh, we're talking about the super cycle. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, is the super cycle like the thing that the cycle never ends or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What's, what's your perception of the super cycle? I mean, back then, when we had the bull market, 2017, and the question was, oh, there will be a bear market and the thing will collapse. I think that there was a high chance of this happening because the thing is like big institutions, big players, big banks, big companies, they were not into crypto and they were not into blockchain. And they were actually considering blockchain and crypto as a scam and a fraud, like Jamie said Bitcoin is a fraud and blockchain and the thing. Later on, create his own token, uh, the, the GP Morgan coin or whatever. But what's happening, so back then, working in the industry of blockchain, DeFi and crypto were really things that had bad reputations. Well, today, that's, that's what I said before, I can use short something that everyone is trying to enter. If all the big banks, all centralized authorities, all the big companies in the world are all now talking about crypto. They're all trying to get a space into it. Like they announced 5,000, 2,000 jobs looking for crypto people, like blockchain developers and all this stuff. They're doubling the salary of those guys. How can you short this if you understand this? So that 
the super cycle, maybe what we're actually experiencing today is a bear market. If you look at the chart in five or two years, we'll be looking at, oh wow, that was a bear market. But if you're actually living it, you're like, no, this is a bull market. You see, like it's just a matter of perspective, yeah. but it doesn't stop from those big VC institutions. They have so much money that they can also drive the market. Uh, I like that. Let's zoom out. Maybe this is a bear market, actually. That's the first time I ever hear it, but yeah, why not? <laughs> so maybe the last question, and it's going to be about the future. Uh, when you think about the future, what excites you the most? What are your future milestones and, you know, your personal milestones could, they could excite you, but as well as a, a more of a global overview of the space? Yeah, um, we try to um, talk about it in Wrecked.news with the video called, called um, Opium Diaries, uh, Dystopian Dreams. Well, we basically talk Great about, one. yeah, it's um, 14, 13 minutes, but I highly recommend people to watch it. And now the new one with Hape Tax, uh, the new one. Both of them are available on YouTube. So if you're listening to this, go check that out. It's on Wrecked. Yeah, maybe like leave a link at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, we will. In the bottom of the description. Yeah, there's no, it's not advertising. It's just like free. No one paid Great for content. that. Yeah, it's completely free. Um, and the point is, I think as a, as people building in DeFi, we tend to say that I convince people that what we're building will make the world a better place. But we actually seeing it like the toxicity in Twitter space, in DeFi space, and what's happening, the fight. We shouldn't fight between each other. We should actually fight against the things that we're trying to uh, remove from society that are the middleman, the people starving other people to make money. And, and uh, as a business, what we're doing is like, it will change the world. It will make opportunities more accessible for anyone in the world. It doesn't matter from which school you're coming from. It doesn't matter from which country you're coming from. At the end of the day, anyone can build and deliver. But at the same time, it's kind of dangerous because if you cannot regulate or if you cannot stop a technology that cannot be stopped, how can you bring safety net or safety to the entire society? Because what's happening is like people will be using this technology in such a way that will make um, um, economic um, benefits to anyone. But at the same time, it will unlock a few different bad things in the ecosystem. So I think what we're building is just a change. It's like an evolution. Like we had the industrial revolution and then we had the internet revolution that was taking that people to control over it. Over it like... Yahoo and Google, they build bridges saying, listen, if you want to use internet, you have to use Safari, you have to use uh, our Brave, our Chrome. And they, 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 they go online and, and lobbying to say that Darknet is bad because Darknet can be used to buy drugs and guns and other things. Well, actually, the reality is that the real internet is the Darknet. And then we have only 1% access of the, real, of, the, of the internet. So the point is like, all those things that we'll need to cohabitate, but regulation will completely need to change their way of, of um, tapping into blockchain. They cannot continue doing the way they were doing because DeFi goes super fast and you can build technology that can be used by anyone but cannot be stopped. Yeah, that's, that's actually kind of the perfect way to end it because it ends in a way where we need to be thinking about the technology, we need to be thinking about the regulations, but we also need to be thinking about our personal actions and the products that yeah. we will be supporting in the future. Yeah. Julien, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy the rest of your day and let's have you on the podcast sometime soon. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the initiative, and uh, please continue, guys, because this is uh, this is very really great. Thanks a lot. That's it. This was On The Ledger, live from Ledger Open with Julien Boutlou. If you've enjoyed the conversation, hit that subscribe button and keep an eye out because there is more to come. This was On The Ledger from Paris with your host Moel Saïd. Till next time, take care. Au revoir. This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment or tax advice. Do your own research. Any loss or profit is your sole responsibility. Stay safe.